Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. Episode number 102, actually, to be exact. We've got an all-star crew here. All-star crew, maybe uh, not so much new to the podcast, but it's not our daily crew, but still an all-star crew here. I am John Goodat. Joining me here is a uh, a guy, a gentleman who's been on the podcast a handful of times, yep. if, I, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. Jonathan yes. Gordon here, is here. And I don't want to call you the rookie. <laughs> Do I call him the rookie? Sure. I, I'm trying to think of a better word we right were, now, but we let's were, just go with it. Your nickname is Weekend at Bernie. Yeah. Right. Cole, just just say hello to everybody. How's it going, guys? So we've got a lot of topics to talk about in a short period of time. So, I mean, we got to talk about baseball, mm-hmm. professional baseball, high school baseball. We'll even talk about Central Washington as well. We got to talk about our guy, Steel Venters. Yep. We got to talk about uh, Simon Fraser football. We got to talk about CW Hall of Fame. So let's just jump right into it, gentlemen. Uh, Major League Baseball, you, we were all talking about the Red Sox. I know you can talk about your Padres, too. I can talk about maybe my Mariners and stuff like that. But we're, we're basically, uh, depending on the team, 12 to 14 games in, what, what are we seeing? What are, what are our trends? Not good. <laughs> for your Red Sox? <laughs> Not good for the Sox. <laughs> they are in the toughest division in baseball. We'll they give, are that. Give them that. With the undefeated team, gee, many Christmas, right? Yep. We uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah, we just uh, we played them uh, this week for our series, and uh, we just our bullpen does not look good. Like we just we we're hitting the baseball. Like that's that's the only good thing I feel like. Um, right. We just have no pitching. Yeah. That's that's the that's the issue with the Sox right now, and we have no shortstop because we gave him to that guy's team. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Red Sox shortstop over in. Padres San Diego. don't have any problems having having shortstops on their roster. It's where you're going to put them. Yeah, uh, I think overall my my overall viewpoint, and then I'll talk I'll talk my Padres is um, a lot of parity. I mean, really, I, th- I feel like there's a lot of parity in baseball, with the exception of Tampa, and it's 11-0 record, right? 11-0 13. Tw- no, it's 13. See, I, can't, of, I can't even keep track. We're today. recording this on a on a Thursday afternoon, and they just beat the Sox. They did, okay. 9-3. So, oh, my word. Yeah, yeah. So they, and, and they're not just squeaking by. Most of their games have been you know pretty yeah. sizable margins. I think they had a 1-0 game with Boston this week. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're definitely standing out. Beyond that, though, I mean – there's a lot of seven and six, six and sevens, exactly. five and eight as the Mariners. So that's right. there's a ton of teams like that, right? And you get, you know you take a look at you know various various teams have various pieces that are missing right now. All you know, San Diego again. I'm going to talk to them because I you know, yeah. know them. I mean they're at 500. Their their bullpen's been letting them down a little bit. Blake Snell has you know who was their opening day starter um, has not performed well. Again, he's a Washington native. Um, you know he hasn't has not performed well again. Uh, slow starter, and you know Fernando Tatis Jr. will be back in a week. Yeah. Uh, after his you know after his PED suspension, which we all have our own <laughs> personal opinions on <laughs> uh, on that topic yeah. overall. But um, you know it's going to be really interesting to see down you know down the stretch. I think the fact that there's a lot of parity right now bodes well. Uh, you know for for the game as we get further and further into the season. Yeah. Now we'll see how long it takes before teams start to separate themselves aside yeah. from what, what Tampa's doing. 
But like we were talking right before we came on, it's, or or even right at the beginning, is that AL East is stacked. I mean, yep. Boston's what two games under five hundred, and they're yeah. in fifth place. Everybody yeah. else is above five hundred. So yeah. they're certainly, you know, they're certainly again the division to 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 beat. I think, and um, you know, AL West. I know we're gonna, you know, you're gonna have your your two cents on the Mariners right now. Is you know, Texas, of course, Texas did a lot of spending, you know, in the offseason yeah. and, and got some good pieces, and and they're reaping the benefits of that so far. Uh, but it's not like they're running away with it no. either. You know, I mean, they've no. got, you know, maybe, what, three games over 500? I'm not looking at the, the, the standings. But, uh, again, they're not – there's still that parity in, in, in that division as well. You know, the thing I the thing I, I look at, like, with the Mariners or, or just the AL West is, I mean, we played – the Indians already. I think we're already done playing the Indians. The Guardians? Or pardon me, the Guardians. <laughs> Gee, Merry Christmas. Oh, my goodness. Uh, go ahead and cancel me right now. We're already done playing the Guardians. We, we just wrapped up with the Cubs. I, I'm looking forward to us, like, beating up on each other in, in the West. I mean, it, it's just too soon to It's too soon to tell. Maybe the Sox will, will surprise us. Maybe the, the Padres will find their get groove, to where they should be yeah find their groove same yeah. thing with the you know lots of uh expectations for the mariners and and uh i'm just i'll be there on the 21st that's what i look for i can't wait to be there on cw night on the 21st that's uh eight days from now i know when when do the red sox come into town uh i think in june and so, then Padres are here in, in August for the uh, Vetter Cup, I believe. That is uh, correct. To, yes, uh, acknowledge my buddy Tim Booth there. There you go. Uh, I don't know if that was him that <laughs> the coined, coined that. It? Phrase, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm just I. I'm just happy it was here. I mean, when we were all opening day, couldn't have come soon enough, and it was just especially for my Mariners uh, who got the W and then of course lost three in a row. But uh, uh, whatever. We're playing, and I love 162 games. You were saying, I don't think you you were saying, I don't know if you can handle 162 days of this BS yeah, uh, no. to keep it PC, <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. There are only 13 games into it, or 14 games, whatever it is. For the I'm going to put it like this, though. When we're starting Bobby Dahlbeck at shortstop, it's not really a good sign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can we talk about high school ball? Well, One of the reasons it. why uh, Eric Sorensen is not here is because he's getting his guys uh, ready for it's going to be a heck of a doubleheader on Saturday. Kittitas hosts Cleolum. And if you look at the WIAA uh, RPI rankings, Cleolum is ranked second. I don't know how they get there. Um, I mean, they're a quality ball club, but this is for the, the EWAC West uh Definitely for the, the the West Division Championship, and and uh, uh, not saying that going to Cleveland would be a long road trip, but country is happy that uh, he doesn't have to get on the bus to to do that one. But that's that's a Saturday uh, doubleheader, and and uh, their guys should be rested because their Tuesday matchup against East Valley, East Valley. got rained out. I don't think that's going to get rescheduled. So. Um, uh, and and then of course Ellsberg uh, with with their their squad too. So um, are are you seeing much? I, I know that you're you're focused on football and 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 basketball, but I know you're a baseball fan. So what oh, are you yeah. seeing around? Well, uh, the CWAC and EWAC and and uh, everywhere in between. Well, certainly, uh, you know CWAC I can speak to. I've seen Ellsberg play a couple times. 
you know, this year. Uh, they've got, you know, they had a couple really big pieces to fill. Riker 48, Kate yep. Gibson are both college ball players now. Yep. And, you know, playing up the middle too and, and guys who can also pitch and so on and so forth. So so filling those vacancies, those voids, uh, you know, was was a little challenging early on, but they got a split against the Anacortes at home. You know, they've had a favorable schedule. They've only played three games away from home out of their 12 so far. Right. Um, and Anacortes is a good team. Anacortes is, yeah. 10 and 3, I, I'm looking yeah, at it here. And they're a, team that, they're a team that you'll see, you know, in the state playoffs year in and year out. And that was, you know, you know, one decision, you know, there and and probably is a sweep for Ellensburg, you know, that that first doubleheader of the year. I I think across the conference, across the CWAC, you're looking at um it's a little bit, you know, Sealus is still pretty dominant. Um, you know well, we got that split with them. We got the yep. split with them and that's uh you know, that was key and and uh you know, East Valley's having a good season. Uh they're at you know, they're at eleven and three. They just swept Grandview, who had been unbeaten in league. Um, yeah. you know, and, and so now, you know, and then Grandview, not only did they lose two to get to East Valley, but then they turned around and lost two against Toppenish, who's a 1A school. Right. You know, of course, it used right. to be in the CWAC and so on. Um, but they've had a, you know, they've had a strong, strong start to the year. Uh, you take a look at a program like Efreda. Okay. Efreda last year was the number two seed in the districts. They have not won a game. They yet. haven't won a game. They're 0 and 12, I think. They had, yes, they are 0 and 12. And they actually were shut out four games in a row up until, uh, up until scoring two against Tri City Prep earlier this week. So, but they had, I think they had 12 to 14 seniors on their roster last year. I mean, it was a very strong senior class, yeah. uh, class of 22. And so, the fact that they haven't won a game yet is a little bit surprising, a little bit concerning, uh, you know, but definitely I think they knew they were going to be in rebuild mode. You know, Ellensburg, you know, had, you know, they weren't super impressive. Uh, you know, obviously East Valley doubleheader, they split. They had to come back and, you know, with a late rally and then win it in extra innings on the, the second game. And East Valley has proven to be a, a pretty strong team. Um, yeah. And that, that first game that they lost 7-1, uh, Ty Esty did not have a, a great outing, and he was going up against Garen Gertler, who, uh, you know, is has proven to be, you know, a pretty strong competitor for East Valley and a uh, good football player as well. Um, but, you know, Ellensburg has bounced back. They beat, you know, Othello in a doubleheader at home. They beat Rochester at home and then, you know, and then some Colville last week. Um, so going down the stretch, I think they're in a good position. Uh, you know, going to Efreda for two, Hazen at home, doubleheader with Prosser at home. Uh, you know, Mustangs are not particularly strong. Right. Uh, going to Liberty, uh, you know, and, and their classification up. But uh, And that was supposed to be played this week, but got postponed to the 25th. Right. Um, so that should be a that should be a good test for them. Uh, and then, you know, then going to Grandview to close out the regular season, I think. Um, again, five game win streak right now, and Grandview has taken some on the chin, you know, over the last you know week to ten days, and so uh, maybe that uh, you know what started out looking like Grandview maybe you know the stronger team may not necessarily be the case now that Ellsberg's is just starting to find a rhythm. I think they've shown their cracks a little bit. You talk about Efreda baseball uh, rebuilding. I think we can. Kind of say that with the uh, Ellensburg softball team as well. That you're you're exactly right, you know, and they they are struggling, and uh, you know, I think you know Maddie Kennedy was uh, that was a huge loss yep. from last year's squad, uh, you know, both from a pitching standpoint, and I think that's really, I mean, I haven't had a chance to see them yet, but I think pitching is really where you know they've they're struggling. I mean, they've given up double figures in every game. 
you know, most of them have been blowout defeats. Although they did hang tough with Othello in the second game I saw that, you know, last yeah. week. I think that was a two-run game going to the seventh, and they gave it four, if I remember uh, correctly. But they've just, uh, you know, it's just not, you know, not there. They don't have a, a dominant ace in the circle. Right. Um, you know, on offensively, they haven't been able to necessarily keep up. So we'll see. They've got college place home for a you know, non-conference doubleheader tomorrow, and they're, you know, 1A school. Maybe that'll – uh, you know, you know, break the goose egg there as far as the wind column's concerned, and uh, but then they've got East Valley at home, and then Addy Freda, uh, and that's going to be tough four games right there in in three days, and uh, you know, Prosser will be their senior day game on the 29th, uh, senior day doubleheader, which you know, Prosser and Grandview are, you know probably on a comparable level as far as where they're at. Those could be some yep. high, high scoring games, yep. uh, but potential to get some wins and, and get into the conference or the district tournament. Just get, get a little bit of momentum, yep. you know, peak at the right time. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, we'll keep it with softball. And, and I mentioned, we started this high school segment talking about uh, uh, the battle for elk heights, I think is what we're calling it. <laughs> the, the elk heights cup uh, with Kittitas and Cleelum and Kittitas and Cleelum. The, the warriors come down to Kittitas for softball as well, so you got a you got a double header of softball, double header of baseball. You can s- share the same parking lot, uh, share the same concession stand as well. So Saturday is the place to be for, uh, or Kittitas is the place to be on on Saturday if if you want to get some uh, diamond sports in there and and. Uh, um, you know, we Cole and I were talking earlier before uh, before we got on th- uh, the mic or before we started hitting record is uh, you know Ellensburg so- or pardon me Central softball doing okay mm-hmm. seventeen and nineteen mm-hmm. um, uh, is it Turlock where the, is that the tournament of champions I know Correct. you're familiar with that yes. they started off really well but then then they ended up that that tournament uh, with two losses and and. Uh, that's got to be a fun tournament, one, for you, because I right. know that that means a lot to you because tons of, uh, uh, I still call them sports information directors, SIDs and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but it's a it's kind of a reunion of sorts for uh, tons of West Coast players and, and West Coast, like, personnel, right? It is, and it's a, it's a good opportunity to showcase, uh, you know, because a lot, you know, a lot of the times, you know, you're not scheduled non-conference. I mean, there's, there's very limited amount of non-conference dates that you can schedule between these conferences, and so... Uh, to be able to get everybody in one location or almost uh, all the teams in the West region in one location, you know, play some crossover stuff, things like that. Cause you know, those CCA schools, they're not going to schedule to come up to the Northwest, Heck no. you know, nor the, nor those Hawaii schools or, or things like that. So it's really an opportunity to kind of see each other. You know, you're just getting those, those regional rankings are just starting to kind of, kind of come out and you, know, you get that competition against other conferences that, you know, when it comes to postseason play, if you happen to have played each other at uh, tournament champions, um, you know, and, and gotten a win against a quality team from one of the other conferences, that's going to bode a little bit better for you, uh, you know, heading into the postseason. So, you know, Central and I've I've worked probably all but uh, about three or four of those tournaments since it began twenty years ago. And, uh, you know, Central, for the most part, kind of has it. Yeah, they're 500. Sometimes they have a down year and struggle and go one and four and, and, and whatnot. And then, you know, sometimes they'll go like four and one kind of thing. They used to have bracket play. I think they've kind of eliminated that with as many teams as are in there and, and, and trying to, 
just trying to get games in and and so on because sometimes you'd have teams that were trying to you know needed to get out of town right and so they wouldn't be able to finish their bracket play right uh you know because they'd already made a flight reservation or whatever the case may be so um but again yeah it's a good opportunity for some some exposure within the region and and uh, yeah they started out strong but then uh you know, struggled a little bit towards the end well we got the central's got four at home uh against northwest nazarene uh on friday and saturday mm-hmm. Uh, and then they uh, head up uh, across the border the next week, uh, taking on Simon Fraser. And, uh, you know, we can talk more about spring sports, but I mentioned Simon Fraser, and I know we got a short segment today because the schedule is so let's just kind of roll into Simon Fraser. I mean, mm-hmm. big news, I want to say coming out of the GNAC, but I guess we should say coming out of the Lone Star Conference since we're talking about football. Uh, Lone Star Conference basically says, what, two or three weeks ago, Simon Fraser, you're not back next year or in 24 right right and then simon fraser says well we're going to one-up you and we're just going to eliminate our football program so um that's disappointing one because it it just it just continues to decimate west western united states football for d2 um it makes it more nerve-wracking for me as a d2 fan where there's literally only two schools in the west now Mm-hmm. Uh, west of Cal- or Colorado that have football and and now uh now we got holes to fill and we got a bunch of student athletes who don't know where they're going to play but yep. you were saying legal action and everything well i read something this morning uh it was a toronto sun article i read on social media and you know they've got i think they're trying to take the administration simon fraser administration to court and i say they being some of the student athletes some former you know, some alumni that are, are attorneys and things like that, um, you know, that may be the course of action. I, I think, you know, whether or not it was the right decision, obviously we don't know the inside right. of, yeah. of, of what's going on. They're making, you know, the decision-making processes, administrators and, and big picture, and we don't know the dollars and cents that are being spent, but it's, you take a look at the timing issue. It, yeah. it really is a timing issue. I mean, you're, you're April you know, beginning of April to make this decision when you're supposed to have games in less than five months. People are in the middle of spring ball. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and and plus, you know, you get the the transfer portals already closed. Yes. Yeah. Like you kind of just to put it point blank, you kind of screw some of these kids over mm-hmm. big time. Um, big time. Because you know, especially even with with their incoming class right. of kids, right? Like you get some. You always get early enrollees and you know stuff like that. And you get you. You let the coaches go through this whole period of recruiting mm-hmm. just to get to this point where you are just like, nope, we're done. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, especially for some of those kids that are committed, like they got to they gotta reopen commitments mm-hmm. and they got to yep. re-go look at other schools now and it just kind of puts everybody kind of in a weird spot. Yeah. Right. I know logistically I always – felt like Simon Fraser and even for that matter Central and Western Oregon but definitely Simon Fraser into the LSC Lone Star Conference I always thought logistically that didn't make sense but it was just a it let's just survive and uh but I mean you know if you get on message boards and everything like that the Texas schools didn't want to have anything to do with California or uh, pardon me Canada and they also I believe Simon Fraser were playing at Blaine or or Bellingham so so it wasn't an international trip and going over the border is hard enough for Central Mm -hmm. on a bus can you imagine flying up there and and uh or flying into Seattle or Bellingham or whatever it is that people would do and uh just 
the expense of football. But Simon Fraser, they, I mean, I know it wasn't just a football stadium, uh, but, you know, they improved their football stadium. They they were literally putting money and time mm-hmm. into making that a, a little bit of a, you know, keep keeping up with the Joneses yep. in terms of facilities. We're and trying stuff. to at least. Trying to at <laughs> least. Uh, but it's a, it's a, it's it's a huge setback for West Coast and or just Western Wash or Western United States football. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and and the thing you know, again, I'm thinking you know, obviously we've seen we've seen teams drop football. We've seen Western Washington, Humboldt State, Azusa Pacific, not necessarily in that order. And now you know, now Simon Fraser and 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 not only that, but for for SFU, it's like. You know, they had already transitioned from Canadian rules football over yeah. to American rules football yeah, yep. when they came into the NCAA and the GNAC, um, you know, which they played American rules football for a long time, and then they went went to Canada, and then they came back. But, you know, you've got – so even any of those, you know, like we are talking about, really at the end of the day, it's about the kids. And you're taking away a lot of opportunities, you know. Mm-hmm. You've got student-athletes that came to the school to play football, and now they're getting the rug taken out from underneath them. Well, we've seen – yeah, uh, you know the programs eliminated in the past and so on. It's been earlier in the year. It's been I won't necessarily say right after a previous season, but it's been what January, February type of a thing. When did and Western cut their? Pro- I remember when they did. I can't remember what time it was because we got an influx of Western players. We did into that dominant. I want to say season. it was around January. And, yeah. and the weird thing was, so we we just beaten them at our place. Yep. I think right at the end of the regular season in two thousand eight, and then they went to that. Um, Rotary yes. Bowl down in St. George, yes. uh, St. Yes. George, Utah, and they beat. I think it was Colorado Mines, even which, of course, now they're they're D two power. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, not too long after that, you know, they dropped the program. We had, I think, three or four Western kids came over and started for us. Our running back, tight end, uh, quarterback, even yeah. Cole Morgan, Cole, and yeah. uh, you know, and and you know, came in and made immediate impacts. Uh, which is, you know, again, for them, that worked out. You know, that was an in-state transfer, yep. everything like that. But Simon Fraser, it's a whole different whole different ball game because of the border. Um, you know, even if they were going to go to a, a transfer to a Canadian school, I'd say, okay, well, now they've been playing American rules football for yep. however many years. I mean, sure, there's a little bit of a transition there. You know, but just just the logistics of everything, you know. Now, yes, their school year is probably just about up. If they're yeah. a semester school, they're probably finishing up here within the next month. But nonetheless, it's 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 a really sore subject, uh, you know, for for those folks. And uh, it's again bigger picture for for football on the West Coast Division Two and so on. It's uh, it's going to be a challenge. And I think, yeah, I I really think that the Lone Star kind of acing them out uh, of the of the picture beyond this coming fall. Um, probably was was I won't say the final straw, but if they'd even been entertaining, you know, the elimination of the program prior to that, I'm sure that uh, that probably put it over the edge, and it's right. it's uh, it's really unfortunate. I think there is another Texas school that was going to come in and replace them. I don't recall. Sol Ross University, I believe. Yes. Okay. I think coming yeah. up from D three. D three. Yeah. Um. And uh. And that was you know so that was what we were looking at for for twenty four. So you know from central standpoint, you know now they've got a week. What would it be ten or eleven or twelve? I mean, it's early November. I think the next last mm-hmm. week of the season. Now they've got a vacancy. Yeah. You're not going to you're not going to find a team to you know to fill that uh, that open date at this at this stage of the game. I guess I the think. only spin you could put on it is, hey, an open week. Hopefully, you're getting ready for the playoffs. So maybe that's a week where you back off and go easy on the guys. Maybe get a little bit of R and R, but you'd rather have that that game. You'd rather have yeah. the game and. Yeah. 
and it should, you know, on what would be a, you know, on paper, you know, probably a, an easy probably win. A w. But by the same token, you're not losing strength of schedule points by not playing that game right. either. So, right. uh, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's it's too bad, uh, you know, and it'll be interesting to see how, you know, if if they move along with the, the legal process and if there's any, you know, any bounce back as, as a result. But I, I know that, you know, BC Lions have gotten behind them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Canadian Football League overall and just a lot of entities up there are trying to, you know, salvage the program if they can. Um, but I know that, like, U Sports, which is the Canadian equivalent of NCAA, they, you know, they issued a statement within the last few days that, hey, we've not received any applications for... There's even drama behind that. Sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but I, I'm just going off of message boards mm-hmm. and people are hiding behind an avatar, not like John Goodat says this, but like, there's some there's some ruffled feathers on that of like, I don't think the SFU administration actually made a play for right. that. Right. Yeah. There's a, like, oh, well, we just made some phone calls and, and people... Yeah, whatever. I mean, there's a process to mm-hmm. that. All I know is lots of guys are going to be changing schools or lots of guys are going to be ending their careers one way or yep. the other. I was about to say they just could be done. Yep. Which is yeah. like, that's, that sucks. Yep. It sucks, especially because... Because it's not your decision. Exactly. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you know, like, I'm going to speak from personal experience, but when I was yeah. down at, like, Clark Community College mm-hmm. playing baseball my freshman year and I ended up blowing my arm out, you know, like, it was my decision, right, to, to come here. Yep. And, um, you know, I had a lot of teammates through that time because our season had gotten banged with COVID. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of I had a lot of teammates that just, I mean, were in their sophomore year, didn't have any other offers to go anywhere and didn't get the opportunity to showcase anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Because our season got banged. And so it's like for them, it's like you have kind of like you said, John, like you have no uh, say in it. Yeah. Like you're just done. You like never know when your last game is going to no. be mm-hmm. then. Yep. It's just, it's just, it's a frustrating end to either your tenure there or your career as a football player. And so lots of guys are going to be looking for opportunities. And that actually is another segue for us. One local guy who just <laughs> got an incredible opportunity, Ellensburg uh, alum, Steel. Yep. Steel Ventures. <laughs> Is uh, you know, did he? Do you you know those graduation transfers better than I do? Could he have still played for Eastern? So anybody who doesn't know, Steele uh, had a heck of a career uh, at Eastern. He's moved on to Gonzaga, mm-hmm. one of the most prominent programs um, in the nation. What what are the rules for that? Could he have stayed with Eastern even with the extra COVID year and all that? I don't know. I think so. Now, again, and I'm, you know, I've been out of the college athletics realm right. for long enough now to where I don't, and not that I really ever probably knew the rules on the right. inside, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? is it, with the transfer portal and so on, how everything is now, but you know, cause that is a door that has kind of opened up for these, you know, these kids that if they graduate, from from their institution, they can you know they can go somewhere you know go somewhere else. It's kind of like a I don't want to say a free transfer, but you know Steele was you know at Eastern for four years, but only played two, so we had two years of eligibility yeah. remaining. Yeah, you know I think he's graduating this you know this spring, and so you know that kind of opened up that door, and he'd already declared for the you know declared for the NBA draft, which is like a soft declare, I yeah. guess if you will. It's it's not like it used to be where once soon as you sign an agent. Yeah. Or whatever, and of yep. course, national or NIL has yep. has, has yeah. done a whole, whole lot to impact that. that, you know. So, 
Um, I think realistically, he probably could have stayed at Eastern, uh, you know, and enrolled either as a graduate student or, you know, pursued a second degree or, right. or things like that. Um, you know, I think Tia and I is a, is, yep. is an example of that with central volleyball and, you know, coming back to play for her dad and things like that after being at Gonzaga, I think she's got one or uh, one or two years left, but she's on track to graduate, you know, so it was, well, okay, is she going to stay around and, right. and, and, enroll in additional coursework to stay at central or she, you know, she has that opportunity to transfer elsewhere. So I think for steel, I think to be honest with you, I think this is a great, great move on his part. I mean, part. If the up, given the climate right. of like transfers and stuff, Gonzaga calls, you take that call. That oh, exactly. say, and yeah. I think he got like, I, I, you know, thanks to uh, Twitter, somebody had listed, there was like 20 schools that called them, mm-hmm. and I'm sure a handful of UW them was serious. on that list. UW was on the list. I know uh, Eric Sorensen wanted to go to, to Wazoo and stuff like yeah. that. We shut that down real quick. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that's a good – I mean, that's a good move. And it's he stays in – he's 20 minutes away from where he's at. Right. Still yep. a straight shot on 990 for his own, for friends who want to watch him play. Yep. Big move for him. It, it is. And, I again, I think, you know, big picture, I mean, I think – having a little bit of additional time in college, playing college basketball, especially in a, in a prominent program like Gonzaga is only going to benefit his, his, his stock to, to becoming a professional player. Would he have been ready to go now? Probably. I, I can't say that he would have been, right. especially, you know, you look at the NBA draft is what two rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of opportunities there. I mean, he could have gone, you know, maybe professional overseas, different things like that. But I think, the opportunity to extend your career at the college level where you're going to get a lot of exposure. You're going to get a lot, a lot oh, more yeah. exposure, you know, with the Zags even than you did in the big sky with, with Eastern. Uh, I think that's a, it's a great move, you know, and, and, and he's going to, you know, he's going to get the benefits of it and, and hopefully not only additional time to perform at the highest level of college basketball, but, you know, maybe even get a national championship out of it, you know, depending yeah. on how, you know, how well his surrounding cast is, uh, you know, over there. So, uh, you know, excited to, excited to watch him for the next couple of years and, yeah. and uh, see how it pans out. Well, I mean, Steele being there made me a fan of Eastern basketball. And, and uh, I, I thought that uh, I, th- I believe he started as a walk-on. And then now maybe he's not a national household name, but he was getting a ton of national love on Twitter, you know, especially with his player of the year and, mm-hmm. and, uh, just congratulations to him on his career already, but it's not over. And nope. for a team like Gonzaga to say, hey, mm-hmm. come on up I-90 just a little bit further, yep. I mean, that's awesome. You make that call, and, and uh, I'm sure Eastern treats their basketball players pretty well, but i got to imagine there's going to be some really nice fringe benefits of playing for a, a prominent program like Gonzaga. Yep, I was about to say, there's probably better shot at making the – March Madness tourney in there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. So, you know, we want to wrap up. Let's let's uh, keep it with the Allensburg, uh Moving on from from Steele's move to uh, Gonzaga, and let's bring it back to Central. You, sir, Mister Gordon, are a uh, man of the mic, of course, <laughs> uh, and so you're going to be in front of a podium, in front of a mic here in about less than a month, right? Tell us about that. Yeah. So the. Uh CW Athletics Hall of Fame uh, will be held first Saturday in May, May sixth, and uh, going to be some some good names there. And you know, I've been I've been around here long enough. You know, John, you and I have been around here about <laughs> equally as long. I think you've been, you have me by a few years, but um, 
We'll, we'll say 20 plus. Yeah. Even well, though we're I'm, both 29. I'm at 21 right now. Okay. This is my 21st yeah. year here, which is hard to believe. Um, but uh, now we, you know, now we're to the point where, from a Hall of Fame standpoint, where you know the the inductees are all are people that I saw yeah. and that hey, I worked I with. I saw that. I remember you. Yeah. 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 So um, you know, and we had you know, it was fun having that last year. You know, the last couple of years I've been able to MC it, and you know, and now now this year it's going to be another fun class. You've got Adam Binkhill, uh, who of course uh, played linebacker for us and uh, has been in the Canadian Football League since since he left here, mm-hmm. so I think 2011, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, Carolyn Myers-Pemberton, yep. uh, who who was on the first volleyball team that I worked with here at Central back in 2002. I think that was her senior year, if I remember correctly, and she was a phenomenal outside hitter. Now she's down in Walla Walla, uh, back back in her hometown of Walla Walla. I think she's a teacher mm-hmm. uh, now, looking forward to getting caught up with her and, um, and so on. And then you've got uh, – 1989 football team. Yep. Um, which that was a team that went, I think, 11 and one, if I remember correctly. That was during a a a, a, a series of just dominant year mm-hmm. after year, just national caliber teams. Yep. Yeah. That was that was a Mike Dunbar team. Uh, you know, late Mike Dunbar, who's in our Hall of Fame as well, and you know he. He coached that team. Uh, one of the team captains on that team is Scott Ditter, who's the head football coach at Sela High School. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the captains. I think he'll be speaking uh, speaking at the banquet and so on. Um, and so, uh, you know, again, really good team. I think they ended up losing to the na- eventual national champion, Westminster College of Pennsylvania, that year in the playoffs for their only loss. Um, but, you know, that was a run where we were beating, you know, PLU with uh, Frosty Western yeah. coaching and, 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 and just a real dominant dominant group and so uh that'll be fun to hear their stories you know coming back 34 years later and yeah uh and so on and then also uh Kristen willis davis uh yeah. who played basketball women's basketball here uh she was uh she had graduated i think right before i got here yeah i remember so, her being kind of the same age as me in terms of student athlete mm-hmm, late 90s late 90s yeah, as part of that that transition from the nai to, yeah. to division two she was a uh real good real good guard for us uh both from an assistant a, a steel standpoint. Um, I haven't had a chance to look look into her numbers a uh, whole lot yet, but I'll be doing my research here in the next couple of weeks. So I've got some good uh, good stuff to tell. But uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be exciting. Um, you know, and tickets I think are still available through the athletic yeah. department. I think there's a link uh, even on the website. Uh, Fifty dollars uh, per person is the uh, is I'm the actually, cost. Yeah, I'm actually on it right here. I don't know if our uh, multimedia stream can, can check it out, but <laughs> WildcatSports.com. Uh, you can you can check it out there. The thing I like about those are it becomes kind of like a family reunion. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of stories told, probably some that aren't appropriate for the microphone or or whatever, but or just like random. St- when I say not appropriate, meaning it's just like inside stuff that maybe doesn't correlate well to you know speaking in front of a group. But like I, I remember watching. Except for the 89 football team, that was a couple of years before my time at Central. I remember watching all three of the individual athletes mm-hmm. playing, mm-hmm. and they were just, they were phenomenal athletes that helped just keep Central at, you know, the forefront of everybody's mind. And, and uh, you know, not to take anything away from, from the ladies, but like Adam Big Hill specifically, he and, you know, Mike Riley are, are the reasons why I watched Canadian football. Yep. Uh, and I, I watch them and, uh, you know, you just, it's, it's really cool to see people excel and then come back home and see them be honored. Absolutely. Deservedly so. So, 
Yeah, it should be it should be another another fun event. What and day is that again? Saturday, March sixth or right. May sixth. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, I think five o'clock uh, yeah. is in the Cert Ballroom uh, on campus. So that should be uh, yeah, it should be fun. I'm sure Adam will have some good stories to tell, and and uh, you know the the football guys too. I mean, thankfully we're only we're only going to let one or two of them speak out of a, <laughs> out of a whole whole team. But I know a lot of them will be there, and and uh, you know, and you know, just just hearing the experiences not only from their times as student athletes here at Central, but also you know what they've gone on to do in their professional careers. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, as we wrap this up, I want to say uh, thank you to the All Star Cast for coming in here. We are in—it's clear we're in playoff form today, and uh, I know we got a long ways to go before the MLB playoffs and everything like that. But uh, we are in playoff form. Good luck to your teams, gentlemen. Maybe the Red Sox pull it out. We'll do some. Maybe the Padres will find their groove here really quick. Uh, If the Mariners can stop. You know, giving up eight runs on the bottom of the third like they did two days ago, <laughs> or maybe when it goes into extra innings like they did two year, two games in a row, they actually get those W's. But uh, uh, no matter what, I appreciate you guys both coming. Uh, until next time, I'm not sure when there's gonna be a next time, but uh, we will be here. So make sure to uh, like and share us on various social media platforms. But once again, thank you very much for joining us on Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. Kittitas Valley Sports Talk is part of the Big Country Media Podcast Network. Check us out and feel free to interact with us on all of our social media by searching Kittitas Valley Sports Talk on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.